You're listening to Roadie Radio, Rhode Island Library Radio Online. Today, we're talking Rhode Island food trends. I'm your host, Jessica Diavanza, also known as the Cookbook Librarian at Barrington Public Library. For those of us who live in Lil Rhodey, we know this tiny state offers a feast of options for the home cook. As the pandemic continues to keep us away from our favorite restaurant dining rooms and rooted in our kitchens, there's one thing a curious cook like me wants to know. What are people cooking at home in Rhode Island? I thought the first place to start is with a local business who provides the raw materials for the makings of our favorite seafood meals. So I got on the phone and I called up Stu Meltzer of Fearless Fish on the west side of Providence. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. (laughs) It is recording. It's telling me it's conference call, so so it's working. (laughs) Thanks so much. Yeah. First, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Appreciate it. Um, Yeah, Fearless Market is located um, on on the west side of Providence at 425 West Fountain Street. So kind of like up from the patient or the public safety complex, if you're familiar with that, um, off the uh, West Mountain. Um, but basically, we are um, kind of, we're committed to um, quality, sustainability, and helping making dinner easy for folks. And um, we kind of focus on a lot of the local species, some that are um, maybe more familiar and a little bit more premium, uh, like, say, bluefin tuna or John Dory, although that may not be super familiar to, to everybody, uh, and then some that maybe are um, a little bit less so and, and maybe more modestly priced, like skipwing and monkfish and sea robin and stuff like that. What's on the menu today? What's uh, the, the new fish you've gotten in today? Yeah, so um, today we, so we're, it's, we're, we're in a little, a bit of a rough uh period here for like fish availability in the like the winter and very early spring but mainly you know kind of the late-ish winter um it is a tough time because you don't have any a lot of like the small boat rod and reelers that go out uh which literally means like they go out with a rod and a reel and like one guy in boat typically that mainly happens in the summer and so then that brings in a whole lot and also because of the seasonality that brings in like a a uh, really nice mix. We don't quite get that um, so much uh, in the winter, uh, but we do have some exciting stuff today. We have uh, uni trays out of uh, out of Maine, so these are uh, basically caught through by divers or some dragger boats that uh, get sea urchin and then they get land them in the shore. They process them, so they scoop out the the actual uni, which is the gonads, and put them in trays. Oh, I lo- oh, what? <laughs> I'm getting another call. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Uh, decline. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, so we have that in the shop today. We do have some bluefin tuna out of the Carolinas. That that season is going on right now. Um, and then, what else are we excited about? Um, we actually have, we have some Balan oysters that are due for the weekend, which is exciting. Those are like a wild harvested originally out of Europe, but they farmed them in 
Maine in the 50s, and a few of them got out, and now there's like a decent uh, Balan oyster bed. So, um, yeah, a few few exciting things. Always exciting things. I get your uh, your email, and I always like to see what's what's coming in, what's new. I appreciate um, reading. <laughs> so I know that uh, you just celebrated your two year anniversary. And, you know, it's been, a, you know, your second year was the year of the pandemic. And I know right. that um, you also became a father this past right. year. So I was wondering if yeah. you could kind of share with us a little bit about what what that whole, you know, two years has been like for you here in Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it has been uh, it's just it's been a great adventure, <laughs> like overall, to say the least, I think. Um, you know, like, you know, you might not know. I mean, I, I'm from Chicago and moved to Boston, um, in like 2013 or 2014. And then, um, and then kind of determined that, you know, I'd been in the seafood business and determined I was going to, you know, open this market. Um, and then kind of specifically settled on Providence, like in 2017 or 2018. And then we actually, you know, didn't move here until, in 2018 um and then we opened the shop in the beginning of 2019 i think that's right 19 to 20 yeah 21 right so um and um yeah i mean it's definitely like i I say adventure just because i mean mainly from like all the people that we've met um and like you know most uh significantly customers like you um and others just that being like i think that was kind of the the thing that i you know, I, I, I knew I expected because I've worked in fish and other fish markets where you do like develop like a personal relationship with a lot of the, the customers. And um, it's just that's been definitely the most uh, rewarding element of it, for sure, is, is just getting to know folks and, and, and having so many people be so supportive has been incredible. I think we've been super lucky in that way. Um, it's definitely been hard for sure. Like uh, starting a business is, is hard. <laughs> you know? And um, it's, you know, it's, it's also hard in that uh, for, I think a fish market, because it's a little bit of a different, uh, a slightly different muscle for people to, to exercise, you know, like it's like you, typically you go to the grocery store, you stop at the fish counter, it's all right there. You know, this we're asking people to kind of like go out of their way to make another stop, you know? Um, and so, uh, it, it's it's definitely it taken time, and that first year, you know, was really building and, and building awareness. Uh, but we've been super lucky to to get that support. So there's definitely like a lot of stressful nights and days, and and there still are for sure. But um, we're we've we've kind of I think cleared a, a lot of hurdles and 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 gotten to a point where we wanted to get. So um, it's, it's a little bit less anxiety provoking. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, an adventure and, and a lot of uh, a lot of trying moments too. But uh, a lot of good ones, and I'm, I'm happy for the opportunity to to do it and to serve to serve you, to serve uh, the folks in Providence and, and Rhode Island more broadly. So um, that, that that that's kind of the oh, the general umbrella. But then having uh, a baby, yeah, we you know it was kind of like. Um, you know, starting this, you're like, oh, well, let's kind of like get this uh, pretty quickly. You kind of think, oh, well, when business gets to this point, then we can, you know, think about having a family or doing this. And then you kind of step back and you realize, well, 
that just doesn't make that much sense because, you know, there's a clock on one and there's not a clock on another. So um, we kind of just, yeah, we just were just like, ah, let's just, we're just going for it. And so uh, he actually was born um, like he's, he's one year old, like next week. So um, just, it's like kind of a crazy, it's been like a week of thinking back about this because, so he was born essentially the first week that COVID really hit. Um, if you remember, it was like, the first week of March. So, uh, like, he was born, and I just remember super clearly, like, it was, like, they let us in the hospital, but, like, it was, we had to, yeah, but it was, they listened, but it was just kind of starting to formulate, and they started, like, formulating processes around this. We had to, like, leave, and then when we came back, we had, like, some issue that we, we had to go back to the hospital for. That, like, next week is when it really started hitting, and it's, like, all these protocols were being put in place, and we were almost not going to be able to stay with my wife where to be readmitted. So um, it was, it was definitely crazy. And then we shut down the business for, for like uh, five weeks. We had some staff that they weren't comfortable working, didn't want to come back. And it was just, so we ended up, you know, having to close and kind of think through like what we we're going to do. There wasn't very like super clear guidelines on, what we should or could be doing, you know, it was so new. We're, you know, it was like at this point, I don't know if they were recommending wearing masks, you know, um, was, was yeah. during those, yeah. those early days, you know? So we kind of just like put a pause on it and like we had to kind of figure out our staff and kind of just wanted to let the dust settle and see what to, which way to go, how to, how to handle it. And, um, and then we came back in five weeks later and, you know, it was like, Prior to COVID, I had to set up like an online ordering thing. I mean, nobody used it. And then that was like, and then all of a sudden it turned into like a third of our sales came in through online. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a big shift to kind of go from having folks in the store and um, which is the element that, you know, is, is so great about the fish market and the thing that I one of the things that I love the most is, is setting up that case. And, you know, you make a nice, beautiful display. There's a lot of weird stuff in there that people aren't used to seeing, like, <clears throat> like live sea urchin or, or, or bone-in skate wing or, um, or sea robin or all this weird stuff. And that's kind of, that was always like a great, great way to kind of introduce this kind of thing to people. You know, they pick it up, they Oh, what is that? You know, and you can have a conversation about it. Um, you know, that, and as you know, and just to explain it to the listeners, now we've kind of switched to operating like completely like in a tent outside the front of the store, so not having customers in the store. So basically, we're operating from a list, um, which has has been working. People have kind of uh, adapted to it, um, and uh, you know, and, and we've been carrying on with it. Uh, but definitely, you know, it, it kind of takes away from from the experiences initially intended so we certainly look forward to you know getting you know hopefully all getting vaccinated quick soon and then uh we can we can bring it bring it back in the shop yeah but um but then but overall COVID has been um i mean i think we've experienced some growth just because we've been around a year and um i think been doing a reasonably you know decent job that people have been kind of telling their friends about it, which is everything to us. Um, but also, yeah, I think COVID has accounted for a little bit of a bump, just that, or I don't know, it's difficult to determine how much, but I think it, it's, it's kind of 
it's, it, it hasn't been a, a negative for us in terms of people cooking at home and opting to cook some good stuff. Well, as a customer, I've always... Long answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, you, you answered a lot of my other questions I was going to ask, so you saved me a little time here. Um, sure. As a customer, I've always enjoyed, like one of the aspects I've really enjoyed about your shop is coming in and, and looking at the seafood, like you mentioned, and, and seeing these unusual things that maybe I haven't tried and I get excited about. Um, and then just chatting with you about, you know, how to prepare them. And I know that COVID has made this interaction, um, you know, a little more difficult, although you're still able to take the time outside in the tent to do it. And I was there the Saturday um, that, you know, you had a very VIP customer, uh, Tina Ramundo. And I remember she asked about, because on your um the list of seafood, you have sushi next to a lot of the fish. And she asked what that meant. And you um, explained to her that since a lot of restaurants, you know, are not able to do indoor dining, a lot of sushi restaurants, um, people have become DIY sushi makers at home. Yeah. And I was curious about that um, and also just any other trends that you've seen um, among your seafood um buying customers in in this covid time yeah yeah definitely uh at home sushi is one of them for sure um like we have I mean, we had a lot of customers before uh the pandemic coming to us for sushi grade fish for sure um but uh, since since the pandemic hit um and yeah i think partially that the other restaurants have been limited but we've definitely seen an uptick in people trying that for the first time and uh and we are certainly happy to to support that. So yeah, um, that that's definitely been a a, a big trend that, that we've seen uh, since the pandemic. And then the other one I would say is people doing oysters at home. So that one, because um, that one is almost exclusively or has historically been, you know, I mean the, the the amount of business of you know if you look at like the macro numbers of you know sales of oysters in retail versus restaurant, it's like you know maybe 95 to five. I mean, it's, it's crazy, you know, um, we, and because, you know, there, it's a lot of people don't know how to shuck or it's difficult. Um, but we've seen a lot of people just like give it a go, particularly in the summer. That's when it's, you know, people want to eat oysters. Um, we sold a lot of oyster knives. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, way more than the previous year, that's for sure. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people, um, uh, you know, just kind of going and getting after it and teaching themselves how to shuck oysters. So I do that, you know, next to like sourdough, um, next to, you know, making your own sourdough, then uh, oyster shucking is certainly the, the biggest seafood winner out of the pandemic. It, it's a good skill. It'll make you popular at parties when we can all have those again. <laughs> right, exactly, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, the name of your business, Fearless Fish. I wondered if it had anything to do with, um, you know, I hear, I know here in the U.S. we have a very uh, different relationship to fish than some other countries. Um, a lot of people here in the U.S. are afraid to touch it. They're afraid to cook it. Um, they, they say they don't like it. I know my mother will say she doesn't like oysters, but then she recently tried one and now she loves them. So, um, just, you know, also there's the wild versus farmed issue. And I just, I feel like for a lot of people, seafood in America is a little murky. And um, just curious if you could talk a little bit about your name, Fearless Fish. 
Yeah, uh, pun intended, right, by the way, Murky. Um, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the uh, – yes, absolutely. That that was the kind of the, the – you know, the idea behind the name is that um, – you know, and I that, that that there's a lot a lot about fish that uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, that, that people are afraid of. I mean, that, it's a, a little bit uh, hyperbolic. I mean, you know, you know, people aren't like cowering under a table, um, you know, worried about their fish or or that they're gonna royally screw it up. But yeah, like like there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty uh, with fish. A lot of people are are unsure how to cook it, um, worried about overcooking it, uh, worrying about yeah, it's like smelling up their house or, um, you know, so that those kind of functional things about just, just or bones, uh, you know, so just kind of on the cooking aspect of things um, or, yeah, if they're going to like it. But then also, you know, you kind of mentioned some of those other issues like, yeah, farm versus wild or mercury or sustainability. There's just so much, um, there's just so much out there, like a lot of times in the media, um, you know, because I think, I think partly it, it, it you know, it, it's, it grabs people, you know, like, oh, this farm fish is ruining the world or whatever. Um, but so there's just a lot of, you know, varying information out there that leaves a lot of people confused. So, yeah, Fearless Fish was just kind of intended to, to kind of tap into that, just kind of build the brand around around that and um, and kind of addressing that with folks. And so, um, and then, you know, so what we kind of try and do is, is to help to educate folks on all the things, uh, should they be interested? Again, it, it's been a little bit more difficult with with the pandemic because we, we, again, not having people in, not having the case. We get it's a little bit we have a, a bit less of an opportunity to kind of get into those conversations. But I love to get into those conversations, and we we have a lot of resources on our website, like some addressing those questions, like about you know, like kind of our position and discussing farm raised fish and. Um, and then you know recipes and kind of cooking basic cooking tips for uh, for the different different species and and then and then we're happy to share that in person as well. So yeah, that was kind of the idea behind Fearless Fish and kind of help people cook fish with confidence. Well, if listeners sign up for your email newsletter, you will get all sorts of tips from Sue every week about how to prepare fish, recipe links, and then um, just kind of the tracing element of um, you know, where the fish comes from, I, I found it to be enormously helpful as a consumer. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I forgot about that too, right? So, yeah, the email, that's another format that I kind of get into that inside baseball on, on in the seafood industry. Um, and, yeah, people have, have really responded well to it. That's That's been um, – I've been really happy to see that, that people have been digging, digging some of those uh, those pieces. There's a lot, yeah, there's just a lot of it. Like anything, when you get into it, there's just a lot to, to unpack and get into. So I have two final questions for you. The first is uh, kind of a silly one, um, but who does, who takes the photos on your website? Um, I'm looking, there's one of um, Bernie holding <laughs> the meme yeah. of Bernie, but you've got him holding a seafood bag from your shop. And then there's another one. It looks like some tuna that's cut into the shape of a heart <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're fun. Who does those? Yeah, that's a hundred percent. My wife, Rose, um, she is, is the creative behind all fearless fish creative uh, facing endeavors. So 
uh, yeah, that's all. She she handles the Instagram. She does the photography. Um, you know, and all the aesthetic and kind of just yeah, all that stuff. And and she's really funny too. So um, yeah, all the kind of the the Instagram content. That's all her. And then my my domain is the is the email. I get that, but yeah, but she she gets that piece. And she's done a pretty good job. She does a great job. Um, it always makes me laugh when I see those photos. So combined with your writing in the email newsletter, it's always a treat to get those on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, uh, and my last question is just um, since this is a library podcast and uh, we know we have a lot of listeners who love to cook, um, what are your recommendations for cookbooks, um, maybe specifically about seafood or just anything in general you enjoy? Yeah, so for seafood, my number one, so I, I like, I'm a lazy cook. I like, I, you know, I have to admit, like, uh, Jessica, definitely, you know, you've shared with me some of the recipes you've made and things you've cooked, and it is super impressive. I um, am, am a little bit less ambitious. I, I tend to be a bit on the lazy end of the spectrum, and I find that um, Mark Bittman's book, just called Fish, exclamation point, I think, uh it's like a, it's an older one. I think it's like from the early nineties, but it's pretty comprehensive, like in, in the species. And he's got a lot of really, really simple ones in there that just take not very much time. So, um, I like that one. Uh, so we use that one quite a bit. Um, like, for, like we have a fish share, um, uh, that, uh, for folks that, it's like a, a weekly subscription, basically. Like we pick the fish, so you got to get a mix, a different one every week, and we'll send a recipe along with that. We 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 pull from that one quite a bit, um, and so that, so for fish, I think that's probably my fave. But then just generally, I I'm a big fan of um, the art of simple food. Uh, Alice Waters. Alice Waters, yeah. So yeah, that one too. Just like good ingredients. Uh, done simply, don't have to do a ton, and you can <laughs> do it pretty quick. So, those those would be my probably my fish specific and general category. Well, you sound like a busy guy running a business in a pandemic, a new father, and so I can understand. You need you need quick, you need good quality, you know, <laughs> consistent recipes. So you've right. got it right there with Mark Fitman and Alice Waters. You can't can't get better than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, so, yeah, that's, that's my, my plug. Um, and just so um, everybody uh, has a reminder, where can they find you, um, you know, physically in Providence and then uh, online? Where where might they find you? Yeah, so we're at fearlessfishmarket.com, and, um, and then Instagram is just at fearlessfishmarket. And, um, and then... Physically, yeah, in on the west side, uh, Providence's west side. So West Fountain Street, it's like, um, again, just like off Dean Street, uh, up from the police station or the public safety complex. So, um, yeah, if you're it kind of like in between Broadway and Westminster, uh, close to the highway, basically. Great, and and I believe you're also at the farmers market on Saturdays. That that's right, that, that's true. We're we're at the farmers market. So a few other different ways. Actually, now that I think of it, so we're at the farmers market on Saturday in the winter. Um, we are hoping to be there in the summer as well. Um, but then also we have um, this fish share program, which is also you can you can find out more information on our website. There's a tab fish share, and we have pickups uh, like kind of around the the state. 
uh, we're kind of growing that as much as we can. But um, we have a pickup in Warren, at Preca Farina, at Grapes and Grains in Barrington, at Newport Wine Cellar and Gourmet in Newport, and then at Cork and Brew in Patuxent Village. And then, oh, I'm sorry, and then also Stock Culinary on the east side and Campus Fine Wines on the east side. And those are different days of the week. So if uh, you, you know, uh, if it's difficult for you to get over the shop, those tend to be people have been really digging that as a solution to uh, to be able to get fearless fish, um, yeah, pretty easily. Great, thank you so much. So there's lots of ways people can try out some fish and uh, get acquainted with maybe a new variety. I know that's one thing I've really enjoyed about um, getting to know your store. And uh, thanks again, Stu. Um, I'll be seeing you soon to go pick up uh, some tuna for my new sushi making. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my new sounds DIY. Good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're uh, happy to have you, and yeah, thanks again for having me. On behalf of Barrington Public Library, I thank you for listening. You can visit our show notes page for the links and cookbooks mentioned in this episode. Today's theme music is "Brass Buttons" by Blue Dot Sessions. Roadie Radio is a project of the Office of Library and Information Services and is supported through a grant from the Rhode Island Council for the Humanities. You're listening to Roadie Radio. When you're listening to Roadie Radio, you know you're listening to something good.